it under 100. Folks, welcome back to the Keep It Under 100 podcast. It's just the two of us today, Slater and AJ, wrapping up 2022. Wrap it up, baby. How you doing? Doing well. Got getting over a little bit of a cold. Don't sound as bad as you looked last week, but ready to ready to get into 2023's ass this year. Okay, I guess I guess I'm with you. I don't know where you're going with that, but I'm with you. So we're gonna wrap up 2022 from kind of a pro golf perspective and a personal golf perspective before we jump back into the bowl picks, and then at least for a minute we got to talk about the absolute. What in the actual Baker's fuck that Lions game was last week? It's not good. So we'll get into, we'll get into <clears> that. Not good at all. It was. I screw it. Let's just start with that. That's how bad it was. It's going to overtake state of the game. We need to talk about that first. So I the mean, Lions with a chance to kind of, with the way the other games broke, the Lions had a chance to like put a stranglehold, so to speak, on a playoff. Put spot. themselves in the driver's seat. Like in they the would have. They would have been in a playoff spot on Christmas Day. Controlling their own destiny. Like I said, driver's seat. They thought they were in the driver's seat, but what happened was is they got into the student driver car on the passenger side, had a steering wheel, and a child drove them into traffic. Yeah, head on into, like, L.A. Yeah, just traffic, five-lane highway, all the cars coming right in. Yeah, just dead. Um, Just a complete breakdown from all aspects. Uh, Defensively. Coaching, scheme, effort. Every level of the defense, D-line, linebackers, DBs, all just getting murdered. Pounded. At every level. From the first play of the game, like, they ran a little jet motion, misdirection. um, What do you call those where the running back takes one step one way? Counter. Counter. There you go. Misdirection, counter. On the first play of the game, Hutch comes unblocked. And the block of the guy who they had out front pulling and the runner just run right by him. The DB just gets mauled, thrown on the ground. It was a CUDA. And then it was uh, a CUDA. both linebackers were already on the ground. And the safety made the tackle 30 yards down the field. And it was just that over and over again the whole game. By like the middle of the second quarter... I was ready to turn the game off. Like it just—it's like we were transported back to week six. Yeah, but the the problem is, is going back that far. Their run defense never seemed to be that bad, unless it was a running quarterback. It was the the pass game that just continued to gash them early in the year. And this was not that. This was. It wasn't even like you're sitting there going my god they're getting 8 yards a carry this was they're getting 25 yards a carry i think they, they had a dozen 20 plus or more rushes that game yeah it was the first game since 09 in the nfl where two running backs had over 100 yards in the first half and i think the last time that happened i think it the first time that carolina's had that or anyone i think anyone i'm pretty sure carolina was one of the last teams to do it when they had uh D'Angelo Williams. D'Angelo Williams and James Stewart. Yeah. It it was really fucking bad. Um, Jeff Akuda, who I think we all agree that he's been playing really well this year. <clears throat> before he got hurt. Or sick or whatever. Got benched in the third quarter. I don't understand how you bench him. It's not his fault they're running for 20 yards a carry. It That's why I don't... It had to have been... 
like an effort mind mind state thing. But yeah, because like, Jacobs, Jerry Jacobs missed two or three tackles as well. You might as well have had us out there at linebacker. Oh my god! With the way Anal the linebackers zone. were the two, him and uh, Malcolm Rodriguez were the Dog two shit. lowest graded defenders on the Lions defense from that game. They were so bad. It was bad, but. That doesn't happen just because two guys play bad. That happens. No, the entire. I mean, the, it's a, the entire defense was bad, and whatever scheme they were running was not working for whatever Carolina was doing. That's why I attribute most of it to just effort. The Lions had to have just come into this game. Thinking, did they not know? It was, did they think they were like, "Oh, we're going to North Carolina. We, we're it's going to be fifty out." We're, we're playing so good that we're just going to coast through this game, and obviously, they're not good enough to do that. So, I mean. I, I don't like the SOL same old Lions, but like that's really that, dumb. Well, that is a same old Lions game that they have every chance to take control of their destiny, get a playoff spot, and then they just go out there and do that. I guess, but I always took SOL as same old Lions for those that don't know that. But I always took that as like a moment in the game or a quarter in the game where they just shot themselves in the foot. This wasn't that. I don't. I don't think over the years, even when they were really bad, the Lions weren't didn't have games where but they just I, gave up. I more consider SOL that not like they're just playing out bad, but that they give you hope, and then they immediately take all that hope away. Yeah, but I usually do, and that. that's what this game did. I guess. I mean, but there's the, still, hopes, like, the good news is like everyone who needed to lose lost, so we're still in the same yeah, position. They still, they still have a seventy percent. If they win we out, know, they still have a seventy something percent chance to make the playoffs. They, you can't have that showing an effort. Like if they if they lost seventeen fourteen in a close hard fought game, it's not going to be. SOL. I still think a lot of people would still be saying SOL if they lo- if so. they lost that game to Carolina in a close. I fight. think it's more the way they lost and not that they lost in general. So what I'm trying to do as a fan is take a take a slight step back and be like, okay, six weeks ago, seven weeks ago. They were dead in the water. They were dead in the water, nowhere near this, losing a lot of close games. People were already talking about, is Dan Campbell going to make it through the year? Are they going to fire him at the end of the year? Like, that has completely turned around, and the effort has always been there with this team. Correct. Regardless of what happens, these obviously, as much as anyone, I want them to to win out and go to the playoffs, like, at this point. I would love that. But regardless of what happens these last two games, barring two efforts like that where they just absolutely get blown out, unless that happens, I'm still going to take this season as a positive and think this team is moving in the right direction going into next year. I 100% agree. If if they just get absolutely... Gash against up the 700 run. rushing yards the next two weeks. Like, yeah, obviously there's a problem. Fields and then Dylan Jones. Like Correct. yes, that then there's an issue. So like if they don't make the playoffs, it's gonna suck. Cause I think like I'm not like the biggest Lions fan, but I think like the, the no, thought and the oh, prospect thought and the You're prospect not. of them making the playoffs was super exciting. Like all right, yeah. like oh we're gonna look forward to the Lions in the playoffs. Like. They're a good enough team on offense that they can get squirrely and upset getting, someone. They were getting that national attention where it's like yeah. the Lions are a team you don't want to play. Like they're dangerous in all the right ways. And then we had this game. Yeah. So anyway, we'll see what happens this week. Um, they got the Bears at home. They're bringing back the throwback jerseys this week. The old like lo- the one from the fifties. Like yeah, like the, the plain silver yeah. helmets and the plain silver pants and then the just blue jerseys and the silver numbers. Like, 
the, the place is going to be hopping. The, like, even at the worst points this year, the fans were still rowdy in that stadium. I've been to every game this I year. I think so they'll be the, the crowd will be bumping. They're going to be ready. Like they they know that we still have to win out to make the playoffs. So, I mean, if if they had won last week, it'd probably be one of the best atmospheres for an NFL game this year. That's true. That's a good point. But they're still going to be there. I think it's going to be kind of a rallying cry, everything they got left, because they have to win this one. So, anyway, just felt like I had to talk about a little therapy session, if you will. So, let's jump into state of the game. So, did I do the simulator? You did Friday last week, did this after we did the pod. Did the simulator Friday. It's pretty solid. More of the same. Hitting the irons a little bit better. Um driver i'm still working on the timing because i've been working on elongating my backswing and And swinging like a grandfather instead of swinging like a grandfather but that was a joke before when i said i want to swing under 100 miles an hour (laughs) but uh anyway that was pretty good did the simulator again yesterday over at uh buddy uh brett's house one of the he lives right by uh right by handsome jeff Ooh, and uh used his simulator jeff Every nine. Oh, okay. Well, we know a lot of Jeffs, and they yeah. both, some could consider right. uh, other Jeff handsome. So he has a simulator in his garage. So we did a little uh, six man two on two on two scramble. Okay, a little three way. Yeah. Um, simulator was fine. The chipping was a little off on that one. It was all about like the height of your chip, not necessarily how hard you hit it. Okay. So we kind of struggled with that, and then. Uh, my brother and I, we played um, the judge at Capitol Hill in Alabama. Okay. Does he? What, what, what uh, sim does he have? I don't remember which one. Is it Amiibo? I don't think so. Could we, we played. The, I only say this because you brought up the judge. We played the judge like we first got Rick's Amiibo. Yeah. And the one hole, it's got like the the water to the right and has like the, it's like a drop down and you basically have like. A wood dock kind of siding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So my ball like landed there instead of like putting me back to the tee to re tee or like having me take like the point of entry. It kept putting my ball down there on like the small part of sand next to the water, so and I couldn't. I was couldn't so get it up I couldn't get it up the... over the wood thing. So I took like a, a plus sixteen on the one hole, nice. and I was like, I'm never going to this course ever. The uh, but there's a lot of water on that course, and yeah. we took. I think we took four or five penalty shots in a two-man scramble. I think two were off the tee <laughs> and two were on long par threes with water. It was it wouldn't read a fade all that well. Like for whatever reason, if I if I hit a hook, it would. Was read. it like the setup of where it was? Because usually they all should read that pretty. Some of it was the setup. It was aimed a little bit left of center, okay. so like balls where I was hitting it, where I thought I was hitting it like dead straight, it would come out a little left. So some of it was the setup, but uh, overall, hit the ball well. Looking to, I don't know if I'm doing it this week. I gotta, I'm gonna try and do it again. Not at his house. Go back to my work simulator. Maybe do some uh, X golf. Maybe Sunday or Monday. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, probably in Sheboygan. So Sheboygan in December. Interesting. Yeah, up north, little cabin lifestyle. All right, state of my game, stagnant. 
But I useless. think the itch is back. Segment useless. So I've been getting like this rewatching and not rewatch, but like watching a like I think I had a little like two month break from golf. Didn't really consume a lot of golf uh social media or media in general. Mm-hmm. Outside of our podcast. Right. Listen to that every day. But got rewatched like I started watching the tour sauce, Scandinavia. Yeah. Uh, by no laying up and I think it's got the itch going again. Okay. Um watch Trent try to break ninety from foreplay. Okay. I don't understand how someone can just not get better in their short game at all than well, that man. Feel it like technique is one thing, but like if some people don't have like all that good a hand eye coordination, feel is a very difficult thing to teach. Like this he has John Tillery as his coach. He spent like two days with him and then like went out and tried to break that again and shot like hundred and five. Yeah, but you could have Bill Belichick coach you. You're not playing in the NFL, like Sometimes the skill is two completely different things. They are, things. but you is, get what I'm trying is, to say. The skill is not there. We're not, but we're not asking. He's not asking to be on tour. He's just asking to break ninety. I don't care. He's somehow gets That's a worse. lot of people. I think it's like eighty, like eighty-five percent of golfers don't break ninety, like in the world. I don't know, but to have all those resources and to still not have like I, this, this guy never leaves. Like every putt is short. Maybe it's a bit. Maybe he's not There's actually. No way. Maybe he's not actually that bad, and he just wants to keep milking this thing for all it's worth. Well, I, I don't understand why that would be a bit. Why wouldn't it be? You're eating it up like a. I'm not eating it up. I'm you actually. Are. You're watching it. People are going to watch it, but if he breaks ninety, it's going to end up breaking eighty. Like they, that's, there's always that next step there. With maybe calls. he's just drawing it out, so it's not like three episodes. Maybe he wants to make it like a ten episode thing. I don't know. I don't think that's the case. I don't think he's just not very good. Like, by the way, did you watch the No Lane Up uh, tour? So I haven't watched any of it yet. Oh, we are going to fucking Scandinavia. Scandinavia play the, golf. The course in episode two that they play. Yeah. The slope rating from the, the they moved up a tee was one fifty. Yikes! <laughs> wow, it's an incredible what was the yardage. Uh, don't remember the yardage. There's water literally everywhere. Love that. Everywhere. Love that. But yeah, good watch. But like, that's got the itch back. So I'll be up north this week, and then I have probably start hitting some some indoor range sessions. We have some warmer weather coming up. You know, that's it's gonna be thing. really I wet might though. Be able to get out and play golf on my. I thought the same thing. It's gonna be so wet. So what? No one's gonna let you play on their golf course. Sure they will. You probably have to walk though. It's it's supposed to okay. It's supposed to uh, not, it's supposed to be forty one on Monday. Tuesday is fifty seven. Wow. But it's supposed to rain all day. I will be in North Carolina on Tuesday. I got to go to North Carolina for work. So, and golf down there. That is the plan, though. At some point in January, I will be playing Tobacco Road for in North Carolina. I just got to figure that out. I'm just timing the trip because I'm waiting to see if the Lions do make the playoffs. I'm gonna go somewhere to watch that, like. Minnesota or San Francisco okay. to watch them play. You made it seem like you're going to go to a bar no, and watch no, it no, no. while you're in North Carolina. So I'm, I'm it, that depending on if that happens yeah. will depend on when I go play Tobacco Road. But anyway, so but the itch is back. Okay, well, rains to be seen if that if there's a cause and effect there. If, okay. Um, so to wrap up 2022, we're going to hit this from kind of two sides. We're going to do pro golf and then personal golf. So, let's talk about pro golf first, and just kind of walking through the year. I want to talk about like the biggest things that stuck out to you 
kind of what your lasting impression of the year is going to be. And then like maybe the best shots or best tournaments. Um, I want to kick it off with some of like the weirder shit that happened this year. Okay. And how long ago some of this seems. So we had, um, we talked about this a lot, but remember at the Players' Championship when Daniel Berger was arguing about a drop? Yes. With uh, Hovland and, uh, who was the other guy? Was it Horschel? I think it was Horschel. I don't remember who He basically guy. said, you guys are wrong, but I'm going to take this drop. Right, right. Uh, Terrell Hatton, who's had some amazing comments over the years, but he basically hates Augusta National, thinks it's a shitty course. He's like yeah. the only person to ever say that. <laughs> yeah, the course sucks because I can't play well there. Right. Uh, Sergio on a hot mic basically just told everyone he was going to live. Couldn't wait to get out of there. And then... Beautiful. He missed the cut at a tournament that he was like suing to get into. And then the next day he was at the Texas Longhorns football game. <laughs> just a fuck, bunch of weird shit that happens this year. Uh, obviously there's the stuff with Liv... There's the, the riot, like the just burning inferno that was Scotty Scheffler early in the year. Icarus. Um, Flying high. Gold Boy at the Players' Championship, the, yeah. the guy on TV. Uh, wedding dress guy at... Uh, wedding dress guy yeah. at uh, Phoenix Open. Phoenix Open, like that was a, that was a buzz. That was a thing. Yeah. There was a whole thing. Um, Cam obviously had a great year. Um... Or Tiger coming back from his injury, playing and making the cut at the Masters in the uh, PGA. Yeah, and like that was awesome to watch. And then kind of just like obviously just deteriorated. Deteriorated, him but like at one point you're he kind of made you believe. Right, and then you know, his, he has a chance his, to win this. His moment at St Andrews, walking across the bridge. Um, so, did, what stuff kind of sticks out to you before we? This, obviously, the stuff for me is live. Tiger and then the majors, so we can kind of go through those. But I, I would say, I mean, for me, it's it's live actually, I guess, having the success of happening. Because I, I think if we go back in real estate, like I had no thoughts that it was actually ever going to take off right. and make it through a full season. Yeah. So that in itself is the biggest golf news because it splits and kind of shatters pro golf. Right. And, you know, hopefully. They don't gain any more traction and eventually no. dies off. Or does this become a cockroach that this kind of puts a stain on professional golf? And do do they get more players? Do they get a TV deal? Like, that's the biggest story, I think, of 2022 and even going into 23. Yeah, I think that's kind of the lasting impression of the year is live just happening was a success for them. Ultimately, I still think they got more people than I would have even originally thought. Yes. Um, they didn't get Ricky Fowler, though. Like they did not get Ricky Fowler, even though he was long rumored and had the conversations. Um, there's two sides to it, right? Because ultimately, like the drama around pro golf obviously got some eyeballs on the sport just because it's happening. Yeah, people but are I think tune in to see what everyone's saying. But I think ultimately it's for the worse. I think it's really divided not only everyone's opinions on golf, but it's fractured some of the best players in the world. Like, as much as I don't like where they're playing, Cam Smith and DJ are two of the best players in the world. And Bryson. Meh. 
He's a top 50. I don't know how good he is right now. He's better than DJ. He's not better than DJ. Okay. Not right now. Yes. When's the last time Bryson played well? It's the last time he played healthy. Irrelevant. You gotta be healthy. That's like saying when Brooks is the best player in the world. He's best Who knows the last time majors. he's been healthy? I mean, I don't agree Brooks is the best player in the world. At the start of this year, I said he wasn't going to win at all. My point is, now they're only going to play together as long as these guys are still eligible in majors, and that's going to be it. Correct. Which, ultimately, is worse for the fans. So... It remains to be seen what like the new version of the PGA Tour is going to look like, where the you know the top fifty in the world are going to get together twenty times a year. Remains to be seen like whether like I think we could all agree that's probably a good thing, but we don't know what it's going to look like. I if, think if eventually, though, I mean, if Liv hangs on, those people are going to fall, and you're going to get. You're the just cream get, rises to the crop. You're just going to get the winners that are still yeah, able cream to play, rises like to the DJ. Top. Can play in the Masters forever. Yeah, I don't um, know if I want to see DJ playing the Masters forever though. But yeah, but you either want to see Freddie Couples playing the Masters forever. It's a beautiful swing. He does. But anyway, I, ultimately, I I think it's a kind of a black eye on the sport that live even happened. But that I, that's the overarching kind of last impression of of golf. If nothing else good came out of it, we, we got to, we get to see people roast Greg Norman just endlessly. Yeah. Forever and ever. And the whole Rory, Greg Norman thing was, was good to see. That That's the other thing about this year that stuck out to me is how Rory and like JT kind of like became the new faces of golf because they were so front and center with commenting about Liv. Yeah. Um, like Tiger's been against Liv since the start, but he's not out there all the time like these Which, guys. And I mean, Rory having injuries and yeah, like Rory, it was every single week he's out there going just for the trash and these guys and yeah, and he played well doing it, which is which is awesome. I would say Scotty Scheffler's heater is a big thing. Absolute heater. I don't know how many times we and, said that word and that phrase, but it was a lot early. In and the I in wedding dress guy started it. He signed the wedding dress and he won that weekend and then went in his heater. Like Didn't I, he win before that though? No. Are you sure? Pretty positive his first one was Waste Management. Hmm. Um, I'll look it up for you. Yeah, you go ahead and look it up. He had four wins this year, right? Yeah. Including the Masters. So, I guess we can talk about that first. That was um, the whole interview he had about talking to his wife about how he didn't think he deserved it and didn't know if he deserved to be there, didn't know if the moment was going to be too big for him. All that stuff was incredibly interesting. Yeah, February 13th, 2022, he won the Waste Management Phoenix Open. What was his first one? guess I didn't realize it. Oh, it's always Super Bowl weekend, I guess. But. Yeah. Then he won the Arnold Palmer. The Dell. Oh, he won the match play, that's right. Yeah, and he won the Masters. Got to, got to number one in the world. Yeah. Lost it later in the year, but overall, pretty solid. Yeah, I would say winning the Masters and three other tournaments... Uh, not that bad of a year. That's what's funny is looking back at a tournament like the Masters, since we're on the topic, like Scheffler should be the absolute story, but it's like the second thing I think of when I think back about the Masters and the fact that Tiger made the cut and was like, like early on Thursday and middle of the day Friday, there was like, my God, he's like sniffing the leaderboard. Correct. Like, that was the story of that tournament, even though Scheffler kind of, like, coasted through that tournament. And I think he four-putted the last hole and still won by two. 
I think, I mean, I think of Cam Smith choking, too. That's true. I didn't even... Where was he at? Was he leading? Was he in the last group with Scheffler? I think he was either leading or just behind, and he decided to dunk it in the water. Didn't Xander do it, too? Or was that last year? Didn't Xander hit it in the water on 16, and he was right by the lead also? Uh, I think that was last year because Xander is nowhere near the leaderboard. Okay, that wasn't this year then. But anyway, the the one I guess the one shot that stuck out to me, I believe it was Saturday when Scotty was in the trees and the pine straw. And incredible. he hit like a three iron into the 18 green. And, that was incredible. And the ball just sticks. Like, who hits a three iron high enough for it to just stick on the green? It does. Insanity. Also, Rory Sunday, minus eight. Oh, that's right. Him and Mor- was it Morikawa? Who, I think Morikawa shot like minus seven also. Uh, and he hold out in the bunker. Morikawa and Zaltoris both shot minus five. Yeah. And, and, that Rory, was, and that began you just earlier in the year shit talking Rory that he's only going to, he only shows up on Sundays. He's not going to win. Yada, yada, uh, yada. Did he win a major? He played really fucking well at the end of the year. He played really well pretty much the whole year. While having a lot of shit on his back about this this live stuff, so I got respect for Rory. I so the year you're hating, I was. It's because I I never thought he wanted to be that guy. I thought he was. He already is that guy. Yeah, but he had those comments a couple of years ago where he's like, you know, if I win, you know, it's not going to change my life, and he's talked about how his attitude like that has changed. How it used to be, like, he was trying to, like, mentally change his own mojo by, like, not trying not to care as much about whether he win or lost. Yeah. And those comments were just so anti-Tiger. Like, you would you would have never heard Tiger say like that. It made me think that, like, he didn't want to be the best. But now <clears> I, <throat> I don't get that vibe from him. That on top of the, you know, yeah, well, how out front he was on second, the stuff. Second so. in the PGA Championship, third in the Open. Yeah, so I'm fine with that. <coughs> you also were used to hate on Will the Thrills Al Torres, too, and now you've come around on him. I mean, his putting's still really fucking it bad. It confuses me. Somehow he can still... It's so confusing. Somehow he can still give him chances to win because he's such a good ball striker. I do wonder, though, if he if there are long-term injury concerns with Al Torres. Just with because way, of his putting stroke? No, no, no. <laughs> just like, uh, kind of like Joaquin Neiman. Just how much he contorts himself to get so much power out of such yeah. of like a tiny body. Like if that, because he hurt his back this year, late in the year. And I wonder if like long term there's there's concerns there. Probably. Um, moving forward to PGA Championship. Justin Thomas gets his second major. Yeah. Uh was that that was Southern Hills? That course was amazing. In Tulsa, the course was amazing. By the way, I really enjoyed watching that course. But the two things that stick out to me, like thinking back, are Mito Pereira's um, electrocution spasm swing <laughs> on the 18th tee. <laughs> that was absolutely wild. That swing. It looked like something that we would do in our Saturday league. Like that is like. They use the term choke a lot in sports, and, like, the moment was too big for him. 
that was like to me the epitome of that happening. That was, like that moment was just truly too big for him, and he his body literally like rejected him. <laughs> it was. I don't know how to describe it. Like I can just picture the swing in my head, and it's like it's like he was trying to replicate Scotty Scheffler's swing. Like how his feet move and everything. It was like his feet, his hips, his shoulders, and his, and his hands were making four, like four or five different golf swings in one. And then, kind of the antithesis to that, JT gets up on the 18th tee and hits this like rope fade that was just perfect. And then the the ball never left the flag on his iron shot. It was. I, think, I wish I could rewatch it again. Yeah. Also because I'm I live sure bet can. JT. Oh yeah, so did I. Like, <laughs> like early in the back yeah, nine before like when, he it was like, like he was like four plus fifty five hundred or right. something. Um, I think the thing that sticks out to me most about that tournament, though, is and it's probably one of the three or four best shots of the year for me. I think we talked about this a little bit earlier, but um, the three wood that JT hit on the drivable seventeenth in the playoff, yeah. Where he just roped it, gave like the biggest club twirl of the week, and hit it dead center in the middle of the green. That like that shot just reminds me of uh, Morikawa's shot, the driver, uh, the from driver a couple years ago. from a couple years ago at was it Tory? Wasn't Tory? No, it was, um, uh, Harding Park. Harding Park, yeah, yeah. On seventeen, I think it is sixteen. Sixteen, yeah, yeah. That shot, like th- those two shots. It wasn't like obviously the exact same thing, but like. Yeah. The in the moment had to have it. There yeah. it is. Yeah, type of shot. Yeah, JT played well this year. I think he would kind of say he underperformed, but anyway, uh, U.S. Open. Matthew Fitzpatrick got the win, overcame a, fl- a late chance by uh, your boy Zell Torres. Yeah, to... I thought he was gonna have Zell Torres gonna have that putt to send it into. But in the I mean, for overtime, for the whole week, I think for the whole year, a lot of people were talking about Fitz's distance. Like the guy really just added a shitload of distance the last two years, and his bunker shot on eighteen that week, just insanity. Like against the lip, I think it was. I mean, we had some really good majors this I year. I think it was an eight iron, and he just hit it. Dead perfect over the lip right into the middle of the green to like 15 feet. Um, Overall, I mean, I think the majors just were very compelling Sundays. I don't know if you could hit, unless you put like Tiger or Speeth in contention in a couple of those. Like, I don't know if you could have asked for a better turnout in majors. Like, you had Scheffler and Cam Doolin at the Masters. You had JT, well, Mito, but you had JT, you had Zell Torres at the PGA. You had Fitz and Zell Torres, and I think Rory was sniffing around the lead at the U.S. Open. Rom was up there. The the Open, the British you Open had, was... You had Cam and Rory at St. Andrews. Just incredible. And Hovland, who shit the bed. God um, damn it, <laughs> I love that man. He's so happy. Yeah. And then similar at the Open... As to the Masters, my biggest takeaway was not Cam. It was like that last walk by Tiger on the bridge at 18 on Friday. That kind of stuck out to me. Just think like this guy was like walking into the field of dreams and never returning. Basically, he's going to play the U.S. Open again. He can't walk. 
Yeah. I still think he should get the first, like, he should put, like, a billion dollars into a sick metal leg. And I, think it'll be a little, I think it'll be a little bit better than it was at the Masters and the U.S. Open eventually once he gets over this plantar fasciitis. I think the problem is, is you're going to start to see other stuff pop up, right? Like, his foot will be fine, but because he pushes that leg so much, all of a sudden he's going to have knee problems again or yeah. ankle problems, whatever. Um, well, he should be able to take... He shouldn't play again until the Masters. Yeah. The uh, Max Homa also jumps out at me. He had a great year, uh, capped off by his the win at one Do of the fall events. Do you think he has what it takes to make it number one eventually? I don't know about what number one. I think he easily has what it takes to win a major. I think his game is that good. Um, maybe even two. I don't know if... I, there's just too many good players right now, and he doesn't. He's not <clears> winning <throat> at a high enough rate to. Like I, I could see him having years like this where he wins two or three times, yeah. but I just don't know if he. He hasn't shown that he can play that well over that long period of time to get to number one, especially okay. with like Rory and JT and Rom and Spieth and Thomas and yeah. Morikawa, Scheffler, Hovland, yeah. The list goes on. I will say that he'll end up with more wins and more majors than Hovland. I would bet that. More wins and more majors? Yeah. I would still take Hovland. Hovland's younger, but I think Holmes, like, in his prime, like, the next, like, three years, he'll probably play the best golf of his life. Hovland isn't even near his prime yet. But is he going to learn how to chip? I think so. Maybe. I think he can. Um, Rory did. Rory was never bad at chipping, though. He was bad at 50 to 125 yards, and it's been that way for like 10 years before he apparently has figured it out from a lesson from Tiger. (laughs) Um, And then the player, it was Cam Smith won the players this year, didn't he? So he won't be there to defend his title next year because he'll be on live. Suck it. So he can suck it. Um, And then obviously there was a wedding dress guy who took over... Took over, over PGA Tour Live for a day. Yep. Just, he was man of the people. I wish I could shake that guy's hand. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, I think in agreement, we're in agreement that Liv was kind of the overarching theme of the year. It's the cloud slight, on a sunny day. Yeah. A slight 1B to that would be just Rory in general this year. How he kind of took the mantle as the face of the PGA Tour and, and played so well, got back to number one doing, yeah. doing it. So, Who do you think has the best chance of overtaking Rory this year as number one? I would probably lean Scheffler or Rahm. A little bit lower, I'd say probably JT. Yeah, I think Rahm. Scheffler's kind of sputtering at the end of the year. Yeah, Rom, has me slightly worried about consistency. Yeah. So Rom, kind of by his standards, was kind of down the last year or so. But he, I mean, for five, so five to ten years, he was so consistent. So I think he'll get some of that back. I'm going to say we'll get into 2023 predictions <laughs> at a later point. But anyway, 2022 on a personal golf level. Well, I guess outside of golf, obviously you got married, so... Yeah, that was cool. Huge step. That was cool. Yeah, love to see that. Still love, married, too, three months in. 
Yeah, congrats. College trial, What's baby. the three-month anniversary thing? Is I have like, no clue. There's probably a thing for that. Anyway, but from a golf perspective, we kind of recapped what our goals were for the year already, but same kind of thing. Like, what is your kind of overarching thoughts on your game this year, overall takeaways, and, uh, you know, best moments of the year, I guess? Well, my the biggest thing is I, I made my driver useful more you, often than not. You made it a club in your bag that, <clears throat> Correct. You, that you can hit. I do think that took away from, like, I focused a ton on that. So, I, I, like, I think some of my other clubs uh, were like a, hurt like by a, that. Like your um, 100-yard shots. Yeah, like, I might as well hit a dildo. I'm basically Roy McIlroy. Uh, dildo in hand from 100 yard like the wedges were off so i think i hopefully we can try to put together a full season of like everything kind of clicking for more than just like the occasional round yeah did a new personal best this year 77 yep. at shores putting the boots to yacht what'd you shoot a week after that though the week after the 77 let me see i think you shot like a 102 didn't no, we talk about this shot an 88 oh okay that was the last time when I shot 78. Oh, that that's was the last right. two years that's ago. That's right. That's right. So 77 to 88, that's when I played uh, Old Man Ale yep. and lost. Yep. New clubs, that's always good. So didn't get like a ton of rounds in with the new clubs either. Yeah. I think maybe like two actual scoreable rounds and the rest were kind of scrambles and things like that. So we'll see how that does goes. But yeah, got a driver in the bag now. New low. So I can try to set my sights on breaking like 75 maybe at Shores this year. So overall positive take. I'll say positive. Yeah, I mean, we didn't we didn't win Slater Cup, <clears throat> Team Mexico. I did not defend my championship at Bastards. So, you know, I need to... So you didn't have the trophies to back it didn't up. Have the you're, trophies. you're trending. You think you're trending, trending in the right direction. I think, uh, you know, I think I have a chance to regain my Bastards title. And depending on the structure of Mexico and what we, you know, do with that last individual day, I think we can come back and win this year. If you ever pick a location for it. Okay. Uh, to your new irons comment, it's going to be part of what I was going to say, but like, I think even like to this point, I'm still kind of figuring out the irons. It's, it's, it's a long process getting used to and developing all the shots you want or think you can hit with new irons and kind of how they react in the moment and stuff like that. Like I'm trying to think about the thing that me and Ryan were talking the other day and it was like, even at Slater cup, which is like dead middle of the year where I'm playing the most golf, I was kind of holding my iron game together with, you know, good bubble gum and toothpicks. Like just trying to manufacture something that I can just keep in play. Like it was not, I was say, I will say about like, playing about the most golf in like peak season, I will not make Slater Cup the end of a 10-day straight golfing uh, thing yeah, like I did last yeah, this that, year. That's a bad idea. After a two-week bender in Europe. Yeah. Body the, shut down. The body shuts down. <laughs> um, so, but, so I did get the new irons. Finally, like, really getting comfortable with those. Still kind of searching with the driver. I switched shafts this year. I'm going to play around with a couple of shafts in the off season just to kind of maximize, you know, my flight and everything on top of the fact that I'm trying to now like elongate my backswing. So make it maybe a little easier effort power as opposed to 
with my shorter backswing really having to give it the steroid jerk to get yeah. it out there. But like like we had already talked about, my goal for the year was to get under a three handicap, and I did that for about a week. Hey, there you go. Um, I did not break my goal of getting to a single digit. So th- that'll probably be on my goal list next year is to get back and stay back under a three and just be a little more consistent. It was just tough working in the new irons and working on different shots while also trying to score. Uh, got the new putter. Yeah, of, of everything in the bag, the putter was probably the biggest improvement from last 100%. year. 100%. Um, At times last year, you were a bad putter by your handicap standards. Yeah, I would agree with that. Not uh, not like a, not a bad putter in general, but for no, somebody right. who was like a 4 or 5, yeah. your putting was the worst part of your game last year. Yeah. So, it, keep working on that. Uh, I might make a grip change with that just to even out the weighting a little bit, but... Um, you're gonna you're gonna anchor it? No, not the long putter. Uh, other than that, overall happy. I'm probably not making any changes to the bag. Um, probably wise. Might, might, might want to get used to things. You well, have. I might add a hybrid and take my five iron out just because I don't use it that often. So something a little more versatile, something I can hit a little higher. Might do that. If not, nothing else is changing. Uh, overall. Positive. I think I'm a better player than I was last year. Regardless, I think the handicap is better by about a shot. But yeah, regardless of that, and regardless of the scores, I I think I'm a better player than I was last year. And obviously, I won the triple crown this year. Yeah, Slater Cup. And both. I wonder and, if you're going to bring that up. And both league trophies. So it's going to be hard to repeat that. I got to go for the. Uh, I guess we the Grand Slam next year. I got to go for those three again. I gotta win the uh, the L squared, the Bobian family yeah. tournament that I have not won yet. So it's hard it's to repeat. White whale. It's hard to it's hard to repeat, but got to do better. So I, I think with I a, think I think with a little better iron play, I think I can get there. But you know, obviously, all that is handicapped, and a little you got to get a little bit lucky with the matchups and stuff like that, and how people are playing at the end of the year when it comes to I'm taking Matt. you down. Yeah, we'll see. Um, my my two best shots of the year, thinking back now. Um, I subbed in Short's Dad's League out at this place called like Heather Highlands or something like that, way down Van Dyke. Yeah, what's well, a, a Heather Hills? It's not Heather Hills. It was even far way farther than Heather Hills. How's it farther than Heather? Heather Hills is like by Flint. No, I know. But this is like <laughs> even further down Van Dyke. <laughs> okay. But anyway. Uh it was a long par three. It was I think it was playing like 215 or something like that. Okay. Water on the right, and the wind was into you left to right. And there was only like one ball on the green all day. I was one of the later groups to play it. No one had even birdied the hole. And I just hit this, just a shot that a couple years ago I would not have even tried to hit. Okay. But I tried to play like a slight knockdown draw and hold it against the wind and yeah. pretty much play like a straight ball instead of playing a big fade and trying to ride the wind like I would have done normally. And I just hit it exactly where I wanted to, hit it to like 15 feet and made the birdie, won a skin, just execution-wise, just something that I would not have normally hit yeah. that I was able to pull off. And then I think easily the best shot I hit this year was at the reverse rack outing. I wish I was in town for that. After it had started to rain... We were going backwards through the zoo hole towards the par five green. 
Okay. And the par 5 14th, the green slopes. In the normal routing, the green slopes big time back to front. Yeah. Like a lot of Donald Ross courses. So the angle we were approaching it, it was sloping right away left. from us right to left. Yep. And the pin was back right. You had about okay. eight feet from the back of the green. The green's running away from you. <laughs> we had about 55 yards to that pin. And I just nipped the absolute best flop shot that I've ever hit. And it landed like a sack of flour, like two feet from the hole. Okay. I would that say my best, just like holes, finally birdieing hole eight at St. Clair Shores. I feel like that hole always gives me trouble. The par five, really? Yeah. <clears throat> Don't know why. And then just like two memorable shots were, this was with the wind, but then both were at the orchards. But the, uh, First par five on the back nine, so hole eleven or twelve it is, I think. Okay. Just ended up being like a three hundred twenty yard drive with like the wind and run out. That was like a sweet feeling. That like, oh dude, like you only have, you know, two hundred in now to this par five. Right. And then hole four, that like two hundred yard par three at the orchards. Yeah. Or maybe hole five, one, four or five, I forget. The second par four. three on the front. It's four. Four. No. Number no, three. It's five. 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 It's five. Yeah, Number, five. Yeah, yeah. Because you have one, two to the other, part three, part three, five, part four, four back, four. Yep. long part three. Uh, day before my wedding, stuck it to like four feet and made the birdie putt. Thought we had a hole in one. Would have been nice. Would have been. But I think like to my overall, like, I don't remember shots. Like now I have my biggest thing, like thinking about my golf sh- shot is that with the new clubs and the adjusted loft, my ball like ascends at a better pace. Right. As opposed to just getting sky high real quick right. and killing distance. So that's all I can picture in my head about golf shots right now is just hopefully continuing to have that shot trajectory. Okay. Well, that that is 2022 from a keep it under 100. Yeah, in a nutshell. In a nutshell. All right. Well, bigger and better things in 2023, yeah. obviously. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at 100 underscore keep it under. And uh, bigger and better things in 2023. Are you ending the show right now? No, we're going to okay. jump into. <laughs> I just wanted to kind of cap that <laughs> cap that before we jump into time to lose some money. So the bowl yeah, challenge. Bowl pick them continues. NFL picks continue. Um, I went six and five last week. I also went six and five last week. So I am eleven and nine on the bull pick'em so far. You then, are nine, nine 11. eleven. Never forget. Uh, we still have three games out there from last week. So Kansas, Arkansas. Or... We can just chalk it up. Arkansas is ass pounding Kansas right now. Okay, mark that off. Kansas had a lead and then has just given up. Their offense sucks. Let's just go through. Well, I'm on Arkansas. I know so that's good. Uh, so here, the... The, let's just go through the drives right now. So. Kansas scored, and then they went punt, fumbled the kick return, interception, interception, punt, and they have negative 12 yards in their last five possessions. Love to see it. So, so they're down 31-7. So we half. still have that. We still have UNC, Oregon, which are we both on Oregon? You Not two? on UNC. Okay. And then Ole Miss, Texas Tech. I think we're on the same one there. I'm on Ole Miss. Yeah, I think we're both on Ole okay. Miss. So moving into tomorrow and... Through basically the, all of it, all the games except for the national championship. So we got the Pinstripe Bowl with Syracuse and Minnesota. 
Minnesota. Minnesota is minus 11. Okay. I'm on Syracuse. I, the thing about like these bowl games... You is, don't know who's playing. Correct. Like, is Tucker playing for Syracuse? Right. Is, there, is their quarterback playing? Um, I think 11 is a shitload of points. Yep. And because of that, I'm on Syracuse as well. Okay. The Cheez-It Bowl. Oklahoma and Florida State. Did you know... That multiple Cheez-Its, or multiple Cheez-It crackers, aren't called Cheez-Its. So one Cheez-It is a Cheez-It. Multiple Cheez-Its are just called Cheez-It crackers, not Cheez-Its. That's stupid. Who would say that? The, the That's like Cheez-It came out and said that. Like They've been having a lot of things about like around the Cheez-It Bowl. Okay. That's they Their spokesman came out and said it's Cheez-It well, crackers. Well, I'm going to call them the Cheez-Its. No, I will too, but I just wanted to give that a little that's fun really fact. That's really weird that they would even correct that. Oklahoma plus nine and a half. I'm taking Florida State. I'm pit- I'm so pissed off at Oklahoma from every time I bet on them this whole season. I'm not taking them. I'm going to take Oklahoma. I think they're going to ride, uh, get some momentum. They have a very good, uh, not that it matters for this game, but they have a good recruiting class. They're, they're riding that high in the next season. I think they can cover and maybe win against Florida State. Okay. Alamo Bowl, Texas and Washington. Washington plus three. I'm on Texas. I'm going to ride the Penix, dude. Love riding a good Penix. Old yeah, lefty. Give me do. the points. The Duke Mayo Bowl. Maryland and NC State. Uh, Maryland plus one against NC State. Okay. Who you got? Uh, Leary, I don't believe, is playing for NC State. The quarterback, he's transferring. He's currently in the portal. And he's not not Grayson McCall. I'm going to try to ride it out with this team. So I'm going to take Maryland and baby Tua. I'm going to take NC State. Is it just to go against me? Do you have any actual... Yeah, no, I have no thoughts on that game. Okay. The Tiger Sun Bowl. Pitt and UCLA. Pitt is plus six against UCLA. I will take Pitt. I like me some Narduzzi. Really? He's a state guy. I know he is, but he's a good coach. He is a good coach. Uh, I'm going to take the high-flying uh, Chip Kelly's from okay. UCLA. That was six. Uh, the Gator Bowl, Notre Dame and South Carolina. We have ourselves uh, South Carolina plus two. Not sure who's playing quarterback for Notre Dame. Haven't really watched any South Carolina games this year. I've watched a couple. They were really hot at the end of the year, so I'm going to go with them. I'm going to go with South Yeah, they had some big wins. I like just looking at the scoreboard. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, because I never take Notre Dame, also take South Carolina with you. Okay. Arizona Bowl, Ohio and Wyoming. Yeah, the Barstool Arizona Bowl. Oh, that's right. Uh, Wyoming plus one and a half against Ohio. Who you got? You're going with the Mac, aren't you? I'm going with the Mac, All baby. Right. I'm going with Wyoming. <laughs> Just because I'm going with the Mac? No, you, I had already... You actually looked that up. Yeah, I had already marked that down. Uh, Orange Bowl, Tennessee and Clemson. Clemson is minus five. So you have two new quarterbacks. You have uh, Milton and you have Kate Klubnik. For Clemson. I don't think the wideouts playing for Tennessee, whose name escapes me, who's really fucking good and really fucking fast. Sort of an H. What's his name? Paul Hale. I'm still going to go with Clemson. I feel like everyone's going to be on Tennessee in this game. Um, And I don't think Joe Milton's any good, so. Okay, so Joe Milton has an absolute rocket launcher. He does, but he had that at Michigan, and he couldn't throw a pass less than 30 yards without... 
sailing the guy by 10 feet. I just, the, the game he came in at the end when they were up by a ton, he threw like, he had like three completions for like 150 yards. I think Milton's going to be really good for them. Okay. Still taking Clemson. Okay. So, and we're both on Clemson there? Yep. Sugar Bowl, Bama, and K-State. Classic uh, Bama revenge game where everyone's going to make the argument after the fact that they should have been in the playoff because someone of the four teams is going to look bad in the playoffs, whether that's Ohio State, TCU, or Michigan. So Bama's going to destroy them. I'll take Bama. So I'm on the opposite end. I think Bama gets worse. I think it's a letdown. I think it's a letdown. And I think that like reinvigorates and re-inspires Nick Saban to just like kind of like in 2013, Alabama had like their offense looked like shit towards the end of the year. Yeah. 2014, they hired Lane Kiffin, redid the offense, won a national championship back to back. I believe. I think that this loss in this season as a whole is going to like just re-inspire that old man to just get after it again. So I'm going to take Kansas State. Okay. Iowa minus two against Kentucky. Music City Bowl. I am on Kentucky. Iowa. I was a fuck Iowa's offense right yeah. in the mouth. I'm taking Kentucky. Although the Cade McNamara and uh, Eric Hall will be there next year. That's true. Could be interesting. No, because they have Brian Ferencz as their coordinator. That's true. All right, we're getting to the... Uh... Are you on Kentucky also? Yeah. Okay. Fiesta Bowl. It's college football playoff. TCU, Michigan. Plus seven and a half. So I already know you're on U of Move on. I'm on Michigan, yep. So I think Michigan wins. I do think it's a closer game than the spread and what people think. So I'm going to take TCU plus seven and a half. Okay. Peach Bowl in the other semifinal. Ohio State and Georgia. I don't think Ohio State's defense is good enough, and I don't think their offensive line is good enough to stay in this game. And 48-year-old Stetson Bennett is not going to turn the ball over, so I'll take Georgia. Six and a half, right? Yeah, six and a half. This is a game, like, is because of Ohio State's loss to Michigan and how they've looked. I, I don't know if they're overrated or underrated right now. Are you going to get, like, their absolute best effort Correct. because everyone's counting them out? Or are, are they, they just, just not that egg? good in Georgia? Yeah, just not that, yeah so that, that's where I kind of am at. I'm leaning towards usually, like you said, someone's going to have a letdown. And they're like, well, I didn't Bama play. I think this is that game. And I think Georgia smokes Ohio State. Okay. I'm with you there. Yeah. All day. Yep. Mississippi right. State minus one against Illinois. In the Relia Quest Bowl. Excuse me, what is it called? Relia Quest? I believe. Anyway. Uh, I'm going to take Illinois. I'm going to take uh, the Mississippi State fighting leeches. Dead, uh, dead gonna, coach game? Dead coach game. Yeah. Okay. Plus, I, I don't think Illinois is good at all. Hmm. Like, Illinois is a middle-of-the-pack Big West big big West team. I think a middle-of-the-pack SEC West team is much better than a middle-of-the-pack Big West team. Guess we'll see. Cotton Bowl, Tulane, and USC. I'm I assuming... Purdue versus LSU. What? Purdue versus LSU. Okay, Citrus Bowl, Purdue and LSU. Plus 14.5 is Purdue. I'll take Purdue. I don't know why I'm taking so many Big Ten teams, but I'll take Purdue. New quarterback, new coach. I just don't... Can LSU, like, be consistent enough on offense to win by 14.5 is my question? Right. 
And I think the answer is no. I'm going to join you on Purdue. Okay. Cotton Bowl, Tulane and USC were... We won't see Caleb Williams, I'm guessing. He's hurt and out. Yeah. And still going to take and USC. And we won't see uh, the wide receiver either. I'm still going to take USC. So, the spread confuses me. Yeah. Tulane, an American Conference team, they arguably have been very fucking good, especially for that conference and for what they have been. Mm-hmm. And looking into... Like I think they're picked to finish like last yeah. in their division of uh, their conference. I just think USC is going to have too much talent, even without their big dogs. Yeah. So I'm with you, USC. Okay. And then our last game before the championship game, we got the Rose Bowl, Penn State and Utah. Utah minus two. I'm going to take Utah. I, I haven't thought Penn State was very good this whole year. And I just, I like watching Utah. Why do you like watching Utah? Because they, it looks like... They, they're scrappy. They are. They look like the... Great tight ends. They look like the football version of like... You know how when you watch like pro basketball sometimes and you'll see a guy who will be like, man, this guy looks like he's the best 40-year-old at the LA Fitness? Mm-hmm. The, Utah to me is like the... L.A. Fitness 40-year-old guy version of that in football. Okay. Well, I'm going to take Penn State. Okay. Any reason for that? Or? No, not really. Okay. All right. Well, to, may the best man win. Bottle of, bottle of whiskey on the line. Yeah. Uh, moving on to NFL, where I was wretched last week. I hit my Dick Rambone dip of the week. And then you got lost, Dick Rambone on your actual Lost picks. everything else. Not only did the Lions get a full Dick Rambone, the Jets-Jags overhead no chance. Tennessee lost outright to Houston, and Minnesota <laughs> won by three over the Giants. Almost lost the game outright. Yeah. So, 30-36-2 on the year. I'm making seven plays this week. Going for it all. All right. Taking Jacksonville again. I'm taking them minus four and a half at Houston. Um, I'm taking Dallas minus ten against Tennessee. If Dallas plays anywhere near what they're capable of, Tennessee should not be able to score more than six points in this game. And so no Derrick Henry. Yeah. So Dallas minus 10, 11. Anything under two touchdowns is not enough. I'm taking Dallas. Uh, Cleveland taking the Browns plus two at Washington. Mostly because Carson Wentz is starting this week. Yeah. Welcome back, Carson. That guy sucks. <laughs> and I'm just thinking that guy one of these sucks. days Cleveland's either just going to run the ball 50 times and that'll be enough. Or Deshaun Watson will mistake himself into some good play. So I'm going to take the, uh, the Browns. The return of Mike White, and mostly because the Lions need Seattle to lose this game, I'm taking the Jets minus two at Seattle. The Jets are favored at Seattle? And Mike White's back. Okay. <clears throat> you know what they say about games that don't make sense? I, They're begging you to take Seattle. I'm I not falling so. for it. Okay. Uh... Pittsburgh, who's played a couple decent games, they're getting three at Baltimore. So I'm going to take Pittsburgh. Okay, no Lamar Jackson. No Lamar Jackson still. Did you see that uh, Huntley is like fourth in Pro Bowl? He's played like seven games. He's played like three games. Yeah, ridiculous. Oh, it was uh, T.J. Watt, who's starting in the Pro Bowl, who's played seven games and only has like four sacks. Yeah. All right, those are the... Normal plays, and then I have two Dick Rambone Dip of the Weeks. 
I actually like both of these, so they're both guaranteed to lose. First one, dipping the Chargers against the Rams. Two home teams in SoFi Stadium. Mm. Chargers to minus a half against the invigorated Baker Mayfield-led Rams. Hey, I might be right about Baker Mayfield. You might not be. Anyway, <laughs> we were wa- so we were watching that Rams game. On, was that Christmas Eve? Yeah. yeah. And my brother-in-law, Ed, was so pissed off during that game. He's like, I've had Higby on my fucking fantasy team all year, and he's basically been a pile, like a pillow sitting there. <laughs> and today, he's a Hall of Famer. You can't tackle him. Yeah. He didn't drop a single pass. He had two touchdowns. Yeah. So them to minus a half, and then San Francisco against the Raiders to even. The Raiders are going to be starting Jared Stidham. It's a three-team dip? Two-team. Oh, two-team? That line has probably moved since I looked at this. Yeah, it is. What is it now? It was off the books. It's probably closer to 10, minus 10. Well, I already took it, so (laughs) you're either going to give it to me. Yeah, I'm going to give it. If it's already in, you get it. Yeah. Because I was going to take that even if Derek Carr was playing. The Niners are on an absolute roll. And the Raiders are a goddamn dumpster fire. And then my other Dick Rambone dip of the week. I'm taking uh, the Bengals at home to plus 7.5 against the Bills. Bengals to plus 7.5? Okay. Yep. And then I'm taking the Fighting Carolinas to plus 9 at Tampa Bay. I don't think Tampa Bay has the ability to beat anyone right now by 10 points. Or 9 points. So I'm going to take Carolina. Right. And that'll be it. And hopefully that can get me to one game over 500. That's doubtful, but... Yeah. Anyway, that's all I got. Thanks to everybody for listening this year. It's been fun. AJ, thanks for another year of being half, halfway, halfway adequate. And, okay, no. You know, that's, just, that's just rude. We're, we've, we've said this before, but we need to get this thing on video next year. We just got to do it. We got to make the commitment. I think so. So, Turn us into a studio. Let's make it happen. Everybody have a happy new year. We'll talk to you in 2023. And as always, keep it under 100. When you grab all your buds and you about to hit the links. When you take out a club and you about to hit a swing. What you gonna do? Shit, what you mean? Keep it under, keep it under, under 100. 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 We keep it under 100.